All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. And this is once again the SparkCast podcast. And I am one of your hosts. My name is Roman Estefani Latino. And today our topic is LGBTQIA. Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month indeed. This is Vanessa La Verduga. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Eric Ariola, ready to give my unsolicited opinion. And it is I, your scholar, your gentleman, El Coqui, the Bronx monster, coming to you from the shed. And I'm your homie, Lisa. LGBTQIA+. It's an inclusive acronym that includes most sexual and gender identities. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transsexual, queer, intersex, asexual. This group is the only minority not federally protected. And so today, one of the things that we want to do is we want to create an honest and frank discussion about these issues that this community faces. Also, because there's a lot of things that I think a lot of people don't understand, including ourselves. So we have a very, very special guest with us today. Her name is Jadia Noah. Welcome to the SparkCast. Thank you. I want to talk a little bit more about the understandings or the misunderstandings of the community. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, well, I'm um, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. My parents are from Puerto Rico. I'm in my early 30s, and I am transgender. So what does that mean, right? Because I think that a lot of people have a lot of confusion towards what transgender is. Transgender, as far as for me... Transgender means someone that's in the wrong body and um, has a different way of being. Transgender means, uh, yeah, you want to live a life that you feel in deep inside. Uh, you want to embrace it. You want to you wanna let it be known. You want people to respect you as you feel inside. Eric, I know you had a question for, for Jadia. Yeah, so the question that I had was one thing that I've always heard people kind of talk about when it comes to different like um, ways of sexuality and all that is when did you realize that you were in a, for lack of a better term, different? Like when did you first notice the difference? When I was like four, five years old, I was just interested in like only like feminine and girly things, and I wasn't paying attention to the stuff that my father or my uncles or cousins were doing and. I just wanted to go with all the girls and I was like, this is strange. Why am I just following all the females and I'm not following guy stuff? And I was just trying to question myself for so many years in my childhood. And um, it was a point that I couldn't even understand myself. And um, as I grew, I just started learning that it was nothing wrong with me. I was just, uh, you know, born in the wrong body. Did you ever want to date a female at any point? I never even tried to date a female. There was a lot of females after me in school. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, they were very beautiful. And I admire females because, you know, it's the most beautiful thing God created. But uh, it was never my thing sexually. I just, I'm into men. I, I guess it's the masculinity. Um, since I was little, I always used to just like, my crushes at an early age were for boys. I was—I never remember having a crush for any girls in school. So, um, yeah. So coming from a Latino family and growing up and realizing that at such an early age and everything, did you feel the pressure to kind of mask that 
at first, of what your family might say, of what, what your Latino um, roots, roots might, might judge you as. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, you know, you hear all the name calling and, you know, <laughs> um, my father took it pretty good. So it's like, surprisingly, coming from Puerto Rican, that was born in Puerto Rico, but uh, he always knew that it was something different since I was little. So he never really, he was never really hard on me, but the one that was uh, extra hard on me was my mother. At what age did you become aware that you identified as a woman and you knew that you wanted to um, pursue becoming a woman? Make the full switch. To be honest, when I was really young, um, I used to just play dress up. But I never knew that it was allowed to be your life or a lifestyle. I didn't know any of that. Till I got into high school and I just was exposed to so many different people and things. And... Then I saw people that were transitioning and I said, wow, these people are doing what I do in closed doors, but they're doing it in public and they're being themselves. So then I'm like, wow, so it's not wrong to feel like that. So, yeah, I was exposed to like. So would it be safe to say as a young as a young boy, you enjoyed girl and had desires maybe to be a a woman later on in life? Well, I came out to my family at 14, and I told them that I was interested in guys. But at 14, um, I really didn't have that in mind when I told them that I wanted to transition. But then a year later, that's when the urge of transitioning came into me. And that's when I just started finding myself and what, what I wanted to be and how I wanted to feel. I mean, I know one of the things that happens, I think, when you're a teenager and you go to your parents and you, you tell them anything. It doesn't matter, you know, really what your preference is. But I think most parents would probably be like, well, you're still growing. You don't really know what exactly. you want. It's did, a phase. Yeah, yeah. Did you, grow out of it. Yeah. 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 Also, parents, like, not coming to terms and, and they're <laughs> actually hiding their denial. fear. That's what exactly yeah. what it it's is. Denial. Yeah. It's denial. What I wanted to know was, what was it like for you when you did come out to your parents? Like, what were some of the things that you encountered with your family? And is there anyone else in your family that is gay or that is transgender? Um, I'm the only transgender in my family as of now. But I do have other siblings that are gay uh, guys. And they are cousins of mine. Yes. We're not uh, close like that because these are people that used to make fun of me when I was younger. And then all of a sudden, like a couple of years ago, they decided to come out the closet. So it's like, you know, it was just surprising to me because um, my two cousins used to just have so much to say when I was growing up. And I was always kind of a little bit more daring than them. So I came out earlier. So a couple of years ago, they decided they wanted to come out. I always knew they were because when a person bullies you so much and tries to make fun of your every move, I think there's something wrong with them, not you. I want to ask a quick question. Has there ever been a moment where your identity, your sexual identity is compromised by, um, I would say, the situation or the environment? For instance, you look amazing in your dress, but you have to change a flat tire or something like, you know, um, you know, you're, you're, you're looking as your beautiful self, but, you know, you're going to just be like, you know what? You're going to pop the chest up, you know, and pop the chest out and roll up the sleeves and you're ready to knock a motherfucker out. Has that ever happened? Like, has that ever happened to you? Yeah, many times. And, um, well, I grew up in the one of the most ghetto parts in Brooklyn. So downtown Brooklyn. And it was tough back Brooklyn. in the day. Yeah, 
so I had to try to like, yes, defend myself many times. I probably got my ass kicked a few times, but I'm pretty sure they they remember what I knocked them out too, you know? <laughs> This is the Sparkcast podcast. We're talking LGBTQIA+, and we have a very special guest, Jadia Noah, who's a transgender. She's talking to us in a conversation that's honest, and and we're asking questions, and we want to understand more, because I know there's a lot that that we don't understand. And you know what? We deserve to understand, because in in the whole effort of celebrating what is Pride Month, everywhere you look in, in retail, there are rainbows everywhere. There are flowers everywhere. And for the people yes. who don't understand what that is, as a matter of fact, I was on the train this afternoon with two gay young men, and they both went to my college. They were being, like, not let into the train, so they were, like, kept by the door. And I looked at them, and I hear them, and I'm like, hey, guys, move in this way. Come on, come on, move on in. And then people are looking at me. You know, and I'm like, have a seat, guys, have a seat. And then they're sitting down and they're like mad close to one another. And I just start engaging, just talking to them. Right. And I told them about the podcast and I said, you guys should definitely download it. They did. And I said, this is a pride episode. And then other people were listening. What do you mean by pride? What does pride mean? And I said, it's simple. Pride means that you are proud of who you are and yourself. And you should celebrate that. You should never be ashamed. I think... I am a heterosexual man. I'm very confident in my masculinity that I can have a conversation with anyone of, of, of any orientation. And I won't feel like, hey, I, maybe I should try that, you know? You know, and that that word pride, I think, and, and how you describe it is really beautiful. And I wish that we all felt that way regardless of sex, religion, creed race whatever well, That's i like really to piggyback on that because as a veteran of the group and uh serving my country proudly for four years in the marine corps i i swore an oath to protect the rights of all citizens of this country so with that said i think we owe it to every american as americans to learn about everyone in our community community meaning our country because as Childish Gambino says, this is America. This is America. Okay? This is the land of the free, home of the brave. You know, we have all cut, we have everything here. And and we owe it to our fellow Americans to understand them. It would probably bring down a lot of some of, or I should say, bring down the hateful rhetoric that we have going on right now, the division we have going on right right now. And it's all due because none of us take the time to truly understand one another and I, I agree with that but I, I think that part of that is that we have a fear of what we don't understand that's right? true and that's why we have jadia here today i feel we, like it's we, different we, here in new york because or maybe it's just the way that i grew up but i don't really see like let's say people that have a se- different sexual orientation as like victims or people that are kind of ostracized i went to a predominantly mm, like white college but it was a it was a performing arts school so you had all kinds of backgrounds and all kinds. Like, if anything, if I think about a lot of the industries, who's running them and who's behind and who's making a lot of the big decisions. Gay mafia. I mean, it could be anybody. But but we'll say, let's say it is gay people or whatever. So people that are, let's say, have different sexual orientation are the ones kind of running the world. And you talked about pride, uh, 
uh, shirts and stuff like that. Like I read somewhere that Pride has become commercial because now, like, if you go into Macy's, there's a Kenneth Cole shirt. There's a whole line of like Pride. I'm like, okay, that's great. I mean, there's people making money, and I'm hoping that it benefits people in some sort of way. But it's not this secret, and maybe because I'm from and live in a big city, that it's just everywhere. I, I don't know what it's like in the middle of the country, but I think that people like that aren't victims, and and I think that that's a good thing. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I want to say when a retailer is selling anything that's pride related, that money, the proceeds go to like, you know, LGBTQIA plus and all that other stuff. It goes, it, there's a proceeds are donated to that and also for crisis research. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. that's the whole point. That's the only reason I would why hope. even allowed to, to oh, use that. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, Jadia, you know, Eric brought up a point about... Um, victimization have you ever felt like you've had to deal with that behavior from anyone making you feel like a victim yeah it does happen there's still people like that out there Johnny, i would like to ask if you don't mind and and i and i would like to thank you so much for uh participating tonight because your insight is very valuable i mean it really, really is. And my next question to you, Jaria, is when you finally did decide to um, become a woman, did you have the support from your family? How did they feel when you uh, shared with them that you was going to uh, become a woman and pursue that? To be honest, there was not much support. I had to find my support out there and I had to find people like myself that were going through the same thing as me at the time so um, so I can have somewhat support and and also I was just uh, yeah looking for support and love in the wrong places and that led me to things that uh, I regret that I did but uh, that was part of my journey and I'm a different person today my family took a while to accept me like very much my sisters and brothers they always accepted me but um, when it came to like uh, mother and uncle and aunts and stuff yeah everyone always had jokes and something weird to say mm-hmm. is it safe to say that some of the male members of your family had a problem with your decision oh yeah they had jokes and stuff they used to call me bro all the time and try to like give me pounds and they had a little name they used to call me caballero well that was my uncle and um then one time i just you know started just telling everybody off i was tired of the shit so when i started talking for myself now everyone just respects now with my mom it took a while but now um yeah we're kind of good now i don't i wouldn't say we're like 100 percent good but it's better than it was back in the day so i'm grateful is there a word that if you hear it being said hurts you or angers you is there a word or a name calling not necessarily that someone is saying it to you but that you just hear that is probably so desensitized what word would you say or words are there that offend you, anger you, or hurt you? Good question. There's many. You know, like the typical Spanish uh, (laughs) words that I heard all in my childhood. Those irk me when I hear them because they bring me back. Is it okay? I don't don't have to say the words? If, no, if they, no, if, 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 if it bothers you, yeah. no, if it, if it, if, no, you don't, the, you know, like this is the thing is like the, the, the purpose of this episode is for us to understand this is all about tolerance. And really, I think that is what helps us as people become better. Yeah. The fact that we become tolerant, 
we have to let's let's give the platform to who deserves it for us to be able to understand what the reality is of the matter. And we just want you to know, Jaria, that the reason for this, as Roman said, is to bring to light some of those hateful and ignorant people. And the only way we can overcome that is to fight ignorance with knowledge. With knowledge. Amen. Well, talking about ignorant people, I would like to share a story of someone that um, I met a year ago. She's a female, and I was hanging out with her. Uh, I only hung out with her twice. And she always used to hit me up on Facebook and um Come on, let's hang out. And it was always something about her that always kept me from like hanging out with her. So every time we were gonna meet, something always came up. Um, the last time I showed her was a week ago. So um, I don't know if any of you guys saw the Wendy Williams show that Janet Mock was on it, and she's also a transgender. But uh, yeah, she's the producer of the show Pose. And um, well, long story short, the girl that I was that's been communicating with me that she's been wanting to hang out with me. I went up to meet up with her last week. So then um, I kind of saw her acting a little strange with me when we were having dinner. And I'm like, is she okay? Because when I she saw me last time, it was winter. And it was, you know, I had a coat on and I had a scarf on. So then this time, you know, it's nice out. So I was a little more revealing. And uh, I don't know. She kind of like was looking at me weird. And I'm, I couldn't understand it. So then two days later, she puts a post on Facebook of the interview that uh, Wendy Williams had with Janet Mock and she puts a comment on the top of it saying um, I will never call uh, a he she a woman because they will not ever be a woman in my eyes so then I messaged her and I was like "Um, are you really serious about that post you just posted and she was like yeah um, I'm just saying that I don't um, accept it I was like well you always like looked like you were interested in my friendship or whatever she was like yeah i'm around you because you're a great person but i don't accept that i said well if you can accept accept all of me you're not being a true friend so that got me so pissed off and it took me like four days to recuperate from that because it was just something that i haven't experienced in so long and especially somebody that you know you're trying to meet up with me you're trying to be my friend and then you go ahead and put this about a transgender and then you're trying to say that it wasn't to me, but of course it's to me because you're talking about every transgender when you're calling it a he she. So I just wanted to share that because that was uh, something that I went through this past week that was a horrible feeling. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like there's so many people who are not aware of how, who don't even, you know, they'll just have these topics about transgender and everything without really calling on someone who is a transgender who actually who actually knows and has experience or honor them or respect them like that. And in that, in that sense, I wanted, you know, I know that you, you always knew you wanted to be a woman when you were young. Um, mm-hmm. And there have been like now, uh, there's some kids who are transitioning at younger ages and there's a, there are certain uh, opponents of that saying that, um, you know, kids are too young at that time. They don't really know what they want. They're all so what would you say to that, being that you always knew since you were a child, would it would have made it easier for your family to have been super supportive and uh, helped you with the transition much earlier on? I just, uh, my message to the whoever is coming out and has the same feelings that I was getting when I was younger, just be yourself, be brave, just get the courage, don't, don't worry about anybody else, just follow it, you'll be fine. I teach kids on the weekends and they sometimes ask me about these issues and I never really quite know how to answer because we know what gay is, we know what bisexual is, but 
when it comes into issues of transgender, when we talk about issues of asexual, intersexual, pansexual, what would you say would be the best way to maybe talk to kids about this? I have nephews and nieces and I haven't brought the subject up yet to them. Um, I was having that conversation with my brothers and sisters. Um, what is the best way to explain it to them? Um, it's kind of difficult because they will, it depends the age, they will get kind of confused. I would say you don't want them to think that it's a, a drag queen because that's totally different. So you want to explain the transgender thing to them in, in a more clear way so they can know the difference. Yeah, you could just uh, say these people are um, be, being themselves. They're, uh, that's a difficult question, seriously. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's, that's how we feel when we're trying to answer. It's tough, right? Because you don't want to say the wrong thing. And one of the things that I encourage any child is, you know, I want them to feel comfortable with, with who they are. And so I just want to make sure that I'm not giving the wrong information because, again, there's so much of this that I think people don't understand. I agree. Absolutely. Well, you know what, uh, Jadia, we want to thank you very much. We don't want to yes, take up too much you. of your yes. time. I know thank you're you, busy. Thank you, Jadia. Oh, thank you so much. You guys are great. Hope to meet you guys one day. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so thank much you. for your thank insight you. and enjoy, your time. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you. Have a good night. Happy thank you. Happy month. Enjoy. Happy night. Okay. <laughs> So what did we take from that conversation, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> i tell you what I took. I took pretty much that, you know, this is this is a great land we live in. And you got people of different colors, different sexual ethnicities. And they just, they're people. Wait, you, you know, they're people. I didn't want to check that. I didn't want, I didn't want to clock that. <laughs> sexual ethnicities. I didn't want to clock that. Well, you know. <laughs> You know what I mean? It was a joke, everyone. Actually, you that know, a lot more education have, you know, needs to take place. I'm black in bed, all right? That's me. That's sexual. Point is, this, 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 this is America, and to each his own. To each exactly. his own. Exactly. To each his own. You know what? Who are we to judge? Go past that. This is the world. Yes. We all share this planet. Yeah. We don't go around pointing at animals and saying, hey, that animal's not supposed to look that way. What do we know? Yeah. Maybe we're not supposed to look the way we look. Maybe we're still transmorphing. <laughs> Who knows? Right? Well, that's the whole thing. It's like what I took away from it is that we still need a lot more education. We do. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I am a, a heterosexual. I love women, but I have many homosexual friends, male and female. They don't bother me. Never have, never will. They're people. They're, 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 they're people. They love just as any one of us does. Mm -hmm. They are loved. Just as any one of us are. Were, were, were there any gay figures in the Bible? Does the Bible speak on homosexuality? And a lot of people think the church is against homosexuals. No, it's not that they're against homosexuals. It's that they are against the acts of homosexuality, right? In much the same way that the church is against premarital sex, right? Because the idea is that a man and a woman are supposed to procreate. And out of their love, a child is supposed to be born, right? So... What I, as far as I know, what it's completely against, and even in the Bible, is the homosexual acts, the, f the I guess, the flagrantness of of the sexuality of it all. I I I I hear where you're coming from with that, but my problem with some of that is where's the same stigmatization towards, as you said, premarital sex when a man and a woman have sex when not married. It's it's in the Bible. That's sin. You can't yeah. do that. All right. right. I don't You're think what I'm, saying, I what I'm saying, what I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is sin. 
that sin doesn't outweigh the sin of, of, of a homosexual. I'm not saying it does. Sexuality. Mm-hmm. No, no, that, I'm not I, saying I, it does. I, 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 that's all I'm, yeah. you know, and, and I think when you, you, you give this, this stigma, because there is a stigma in this country if you're homosexual. And in, in, and, in, in the world, and really, in the world. Well, no, there's certain no more so here. There is more so here in this country. Well, actually, in, in unfortunately, well, not only that, Native Americans also they 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 recognize the 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 actual transgender spirit. Yeah, and also in uh, I I don't know if it's it's a certain part in India, but there's parts where they totally welcome it, like they have villages. Yeah. And yet, in our country, in good old U.S. of A., it's a stigma. It is, but you also have to go to certain places. Like, you go to San Francisco, and I remember I was out there on, on like, I think it's Castro Boulevard or whatnot. Um, I'm sitting down on the park bench. I'm hanging out, just just chilling, just hanging out. I was out there one time, and I saw a gentleman on one of the, you know, those motorized uh, wheelchairs. And he, he was dressed in a naval outfit with a big U.S. flag. And then he had the gay pride flag. Okay. And he's just a little old man. Just and I'm like, okay. Now where was that at again? San Francisco. San Francisco. Okay. San Francisco. A very uh. Yeah, that's the gay, a, a gay progressive. Hospital. Okay. Yeah. Now you will not go through your good old state of Wyoming and see anything like that. Well, right, but the thing is that there are some states where certain things are not accepted, whether it's us as Latinos, you know, driving through Wyoming for all mm-hmm. we know. You know what I mean? We won't be accepted. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it, I think it just depends on where you are. Question. Um, what word do you think that Jadia was hinting at when she said heard it many times but doesn't want to repeat it? Like, what word do you think? But it, it was, was coming from a family, though. Um, so I w- I'm assuming it's like a Spanish word. And so it's the M word. You think it probably. would be the M word? Uh-huh. Yeah. And you know, this that's is a strong yeah, word. Yeah, that is a strong word. That is word. a very strong word. Especially so, when it's coming from a family member. Yeah, Mind yeah. you, a family okay, member. So I, I just recently came back from South America. They dropped the M word just as easily as we dropped the N word here in America. And everyone is like cool yeah. to them. Right. Know? But when it, well, but it's almost like, but it's not cool. Like it, it's like the N word kind of like limit what we're saying. We can't say the full word. We just say the N word. Because at least we know, we acknowledge that it is insulting to, to as not being African-Americans to say that. Well, that's a bad thing. In Latin America, they don't acknowledge they don't it. Give a shit. But it hurts someone who is, who is gay to get told. It's just, it's just the same thing as um, the other words that, 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 that we, we don't no longer say here. Well, let's go down mm-hmm. the list of this LGBT because it continues to get longer and longer. <laughs> um, what's a definition of a lesbian to you? Uh, uh, Ed, lesbian. I, what does lesbian mean to you? A lesbian just is is a woman who who is attracted to other women. And, and what and, is and, G? What is G to you? Uh, G is that's a good one. I I I, I mean, there you go. See, this is why we're having this conversation. I, I, because men that like men. If women that if women that like women are lesbian, then men that like men are gay. But also, there's women that identify as gay, as gay as well. That's the whole because so liking the same sex, right? So a woman is technically gay, could be because she likes or or is attracted to the same sex. Yeah, that's she's just as gay as a man is. In the sense that he is gay because right. he is attracted to men. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get that. So, gay is gay. And so then, or I being thought, a homosexual is being a homosexual. Right, and so within this too, right, the Q stands for queer, 
And so to me, I always thought that but was kind of like offensive. But that's what I, I mean, thought too. That's, but that's, it's part of the it's but, uh, the LGBTQIA. But it's queer fall under the penumbra of not being the Norm. gender characteristic of yourself. In other words, you could be manly, but you're really a woman, or you can be feminine and you're really a man. So you tread like that queer. You know, well, I, well, I mean, if, if we're going to bring up the right? term queer, then what about the term? And I, I and I'm saying this, and I mean no disrespect to Uh-oh, anyone out this there. Is the episode. Okay, Go in, Let her in. faggot. Oh, we boy. all know that is a derogatory term Which to call means someone. A a period. It right, is a but it's it's insulting. Uh, okay, and gay men happy. Get the another definition. But you is, know what's crazy? I've I hang out like I said. I'm a I'm a proud heterosexual man i'm very how many confident. times are you going to say that no 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 because you know because <laughs> you caught that right now listen hold, yeah, on. hold on a second hold that. on but no not for nothing but if if lgbt if there is a flag to be waved for being homosexual or any one of these categories then there should be a flag for heterosexuals as well if if you want to call it that well i mean well, what I what, I think the, the whole point of the flag is just that to say that i don't I exist as a person. I, I, I have exist, rights. That's the whole point. Yes. Anytime it, it, that groups have been... signify their right to be who they are. Anytime groups have so been marginalized is, and people have been in an area... We have our flag Where people feel like they don't... It's the good old USA of A. That's our flag. You know? I mean, that's the, that's the, the societal, I, I should say, uh, norm. If you're a heterosexual, you're, you know, you're part of the USA. But... If you're gay, who who are you if you're gay in this country? And that's a great question. And maybe that flag is who they are. Maybe that flag signifies their group, their community that lives in this country and deserves the same right as every other American in this country. I mean, that's what I think. Exactly. I was going to say that when people are marginalized, they feel like they have to represent and present themselves in a certain way. So let's say for let's say heterosexual people, there's no like heterosexual like hate groups and we don't see crimes against people that like men and women that have gone up and created a fan. I don't know. I'm, I'm being general and I'm being kind of vague. But my point is people are finally stepping into their own. And that's the reason why we see like a flag. Yeah, I think part of this preference, there's I don't need to see it on the billboards, the ads everywhere, because I don't want to see it with straight couples sometimes. Sometimes the, the straight couples look a mess and I don't want to see that. Yeah. But I understand where people are coming from. And one thing I wanted to say that you asked, what did we get from this conversation? And my thing is not to give a damn, not to give a damn about what people think, but also not to give a damn about what people are doing behind their closed doors because it has nothing to do with me. And I mean, we talked about the Bible and I think that that's great, but the Bible, like you said, you alluded to the fact that no sin is different than the other. And I think that that's what the Bible was always meant to do Mm -hmm. and highlight that people are terrible in and of themselves and that we are not to judge anybody but people have taken that text or taken that and changed it and made it into something else where we're, we're going to hate these people exactly they use they use because exactly. then that makes them like the smaller minority and it's easier to pick on a minority than it is a majority because then you'll be picking on everybody eric you touched on what i was trying to say my point is i do not appreciate when people use the bible and use it as a means for hate because that's not what the Bible represents. And I have a problem with that. And you got these Bible thumpers who are quick to judge 
and use the Bible to do it, I have a problem with that, and I always will have a problem with that. Nor should it ever be used as the standard to morality around the world because Catholics are one group, Christians mm -hmm. are another, Buddhists are another, you know, whatever it is, Hindus are another. So the world is vast, it's diverse, and we have to learn to accept that. And guess what? There's someone who is gay in every one of those religions. Word. Every one of them. Well, I think the main message of, of any of the religions in the world is really love. Exactly. Money. I mean, what, what, wow. what, 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 what did Jesus... <laughs> no, don't pay the I, mean, I don't want to take this on some religious realm, but Jesus yeah, no, no. was love. They, Jesus, Jesus was love. Was so love. Well, he sure is. So real quick, I want to go around uh, the panel. I'm gonna, I want to start with the ladies. Ladies, were there ever... Was there ever a sexual defining moment that either defined you as a heterosexual person or even made you question whether perhaps maybe you would want to tread the line a little bit. So Lisa? I would say I was about 13 years old when I really felt like I always knew that I liked boys. Um, well, the thing is, I, I try to keep an open mind. Like, I don't know who I'm going to fall in love with type of thing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I am hetero. But um, it's it's kind of like, well, you know what? Who am, if I'm, I'm not going to judge anybody. I mean, you know, I don't know if something strikes me and hits me. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's a woman who I'm in love with. Because one of the things I do remember when I was like about 17, there was this girl. I had a mad girl crush on her. And it was this one. But it was something about her that she was so cool. She was like... She was like, um, I could say the, the fawns in a female version, you know? Okay, okay. And so for me, it was like, wow. But it, but it became more, it was more admiration. But at the time, I was like freaking out. I was like, oh my God, does this mean I'm a lesbian? What does this mean? But it wasn't like I was thinking of her. I, I just loved everything that she did. Like, she was just so cool. So that, that was, but then I realized like, no, I'm, I'm more attracted, I'm attracted to men. Yeah. You said more attracted to men. I am more so, attracted to men. Uh, I still find, I mean, I'll be very honest with you. I find women to be beautiful. I can see why, um, how you call it, there is some women are attracted to other, to other women. Like, you know, because the female form is very beautiful. I like, I like the fact that I'm a woman. I love the fact that I'm a woman. You know, I mean, you guys have other things that are not really. We have one, <laughs> we have one thing. <laughs> and it serves. Well, Roman speaks for himself. Okay. Oh, well, you have more than one? <laughs> what <are> you <laughs> there's this saying, there's this saying that like guys always think that women are just really a couple shots of way away from being lesbians. Do you no, agree or disagree with I that? I think that's just a fantasy. No, that's have. a fantasy. <laughs> no, I don't have that. Not, I didn't. I mean, y'all in general. Sorry. Yeah, yeah it's so kind of, it's, it's kind of, like it's kind of like the pillow fight. You I, know? Will, I will say, I will say oh, that is actually kind of sexy. The pillow fight. I will say, I will say that this generation, these millennials, they're a lot more sexually open. You know, like I've I've known young ladies, whom have been in relationships with women. And then they come on and be like, but I'm not staying with her. I'm going to be with a dude. I got to be with a dude. It's, you know? it's, uh, it's more like a, a, a phase People don't want to be boxed. That's what's weird, right? I think it's all that. It's like, like it's, it's the fact that this is my, now that's a, this is paradoxical because the thing is that they don't want to be boxed in, but yet we have this uh, generation that loves to label everything. 
like LGBT. I mean, that LGBT, I can't it's memorize the whole thing. It's yeah. just getting longer and longer. More yeah, labels. it's getting longer. Yeah. And so it's more labels. But that, so that's interesting to me. It's like, it's, it's a generation that doesn't want to be confined and wants to live and but you it's know, also a generation that word. has access to because more information you can be like, I'm not remember gay. I'm bi but I'm it, like, it's right. also a generation With a little that bit has of access to yeah. more information <laughs> remember we living in a tech, uh, technical age i mean internet these kids know more than we knew just yes. TV alone but you know the they know more than we knew and it, it, and to, i want to piggyback on what you asked earlier about how old you were roman when you knew or were you aware of your sexual... No, no, no. I'm going to answer it. All right, now. go ahead. Go ahead. You're asking yourself a question. Go ahead, Kanye. Go ahead, Kanye. I'm going to answer it. When I was... I was at a, I was a very young age when I... Uh, and and it, I just want everyone to know and everyone on the panel or my, or, or my fellow co-host, uh, I'm going to share something now that I didn't think I was, but I am. It's about to get deep. Should I, we dim I, the lights? I was seven to eight years old. I'll never forget. Uh, I was watching the Academy Awards and it's something me and my father enjoyed watching. Uh, as a child, I always had this uh, desire to be an actor. So, you know, movies was a big thing for me and my father. The Academy Awards came on. It was, you know, we watched it. Well, to make a long story short, this gay couple, two gentlemen, won an award. Obviously, they were dating one another. They showed some affection. I said something to my father. Pop! These guys are kissing. Blah, 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 blah. I couldn't understand it. So my father sat me down. We talked. We spoke about it. He told me that, you know, there are some women who like women, some men. But then I, I if I remember correctly, and I do, uh, I said something like, oh, that's no good. That's nasty. This, this, and that. And that's when my father dropped a bombshell on me. My father told me he was bisexual. He shared it with me. How'd that make you feel? How does a seven-year-old take that his father likes men over his mother. I was a little angry at first. Yeah. But is that what he said? But remember, yeah. yes. Because if he said he's bisexual. My father said to me, okay, I went to, I, that, so when he told me this, I, I, I was taken aback. I'm seven, eight years old. I mean, I love that my father was honest. Loved his honesty. You gotta celebrate but, that. Does a kid seven years old truly understand what he's hearing from his father? Well, I mean, it it, it brings at us, that moment. I'm just saying, it, I knew. But it brings us. I also, like girls. Okay, so did that? Would you say that your stringent um, dedication to heterosexuality comes from maybe a bit of resentment towards your father's no. openness about? Bisexuality. No, because it, it I love my. Seems I, like the thought was I, no, that no. Way. I I love my father and I accepted who he was, but I did have a problem with finding out so, at a young, very young age. And not so like old. I felt like at that moment I understood what homosexuality was about. At that moment, more so because I heard my father telling me that he is a bisexual who. Likes men. Let's take it to Eric. Eric, was there ever a defining moment in your upbringing? I mean, the whole the point of this question is that each and every human being that walks this earth has had that defining moment. So my question to you, Eric, is when was your defining moment where you realized your sexual path? Um, 
that's such a loaded question. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean like, what? Like, um, I don't know. I just, I've always kind of been the person like that was open-minded that kind of did his own thing, um, for the, for the good and the bad dance to the beat of my own drum. And I realized that in being a creative person and doing the things that I wanted to do, that there were certain like stereotypes and things and the way that people would look at and say and comment. And I just realized that if I went by what everybody else was saying, that I would be miserable and that I would one day turn around and become somebody or do things that out of pressure of what people were saying or what people weren't saying that I felt like I should either do or didn't do. But I think that life has a way of surprising people and teaching you in the long run where you stand and what you believe in and what you want to do and what your values are, whatever they may be. Um, I think in the long run for me, I felt like the only real place that I ever could have been in love, because I think there's love and then I think there's other things. Lust. But, but it's it's it, it could be more or less than that if, if that makes any sense that and i think that that clouds everything but it, it could be where you're getting attention from where you're not so all of these things kind of mix and then as a male it's almost like you have to lead with certain things because god forbid you don't answer the question on the dot then that already answers it god forbid you like certain things god forbid you don't like if you have to preface a conversation by stating where your sexuality is, it's almost like, and not throwing no shade to you guys, I'm just saying it like, like it, that's what you have to do in order to, to clarify where you stand, but why? Like, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because Do you stand things, anywhere, though? The but question I don't, is, do I don't, you have a my, stance I guess anywhere? My point, my point is, I feel like I'm going to be and do whatever, because I know so many people that I would feel like one saying anything would just be like, I don't, I don't know that it would be the right thing to say. Because like, like the lady shared earlier, you don't know where life is going to take you. You don't know where life is going to take your family, what it's going to do to you. And if you start, if I say something like that, what does it mean for people coming after me? That they don't, they have, they don't have the right to say, maybe they don't feel any particular way. Well, I'll say this. It's very important because, look, I'm a, I'm a single dad. I'm raising a 13-year-old um, man at this point. I got to stop calling him a boy. And he Young asks man. me, he, he asks me questions. You know, like one, I'm always alone. I, w- I wear different stuff. Y'all seen how I how I dress. Mm-hmm. And I would pick him up to, at school and he would ask me. He would say, can you not wear stuff like this when you come pick me up? And he's little. <laughs> and I'm like, well, why not? This is how I dress. And he's like, my friend's fathers don't dress that way. Why do you have to dress that way? So because this is how I dress. And then one day we're sitting down just having um, lunch. And he's like, are you gay? And I looked at him and I, I smiled and I go, why would you ask that? He goes, because my friends all tell me you're gay. And I'm like, well, do you believe your friends? He goes, I don't know what to believe. Are you gay? What were Mind you wearing? You, my son. No, it's not that I wear dresses. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. You know? well, but this is, this is where, where it's question. at. It's, kids are like that, though. You understand? And when they see different, when they see, you oh, know, yeah. flamboyant. When they see colorful, they would automatically equate gay. You know, like, I, I'll wear pink sneakers. Look, I'm wearing a pink shirt right now. But my <laughs> response to my son was, whether I am or am not, that does not stop me from being your father. And that does not define whether you stop being my son. But to be honest with you, I said, I am not gay. 
but I have a lot of gay friends and I respect gay culture, which I hope you in turn will at some point define and understand and be comfortable with who you are and where you stand. And in the end, all I'm trying to say is identity, folks. Identity is extremely important in the equation of life, in understanding peace and self. Because if you dance a line and you don't understand, because look, I used to be in a relationship with a bisexual woman. And she said, I'm going to go out with my friends and we're going to have fun. And I'm like, all right, you're welcome to come along and watch. I'm like, sure, fine. I'm young. Cool. I watched. It never made me uncomfortable. But then eventually the male ego took over and I'm like, well, if she's really hanging out with her friends, what does that really mean if I don't come along? Like, do I let go of her? And, you know, automatically jealousy did take over, you know, and I would tell her, yo, I don't want you hanging out with your friends no more. You know, I, I don't trust your friends. Like that happened. But you that's know? normal. That, hold on. Do we know if it's normal or not? I right. Mean, this is me being jealous. Why would I need to be jealous? If I didn't know she was bisexual, would I be jealous? No. No. I be like, don't hang out with your friends. And then she would tell me, don't worry, because when I settle down, it's going to be with a man. So in my mind, I'm like, you just said a man, not me. Mm -hmm. You said a man. <laughs> All right. No problem. So I let it go. So what I learned from that point forward, and there was a stretch in my life, like in my early 20s, that all the girls I went out with were bisexual. And it was just because they thought it was safer to get down with a woman than it was to get with a man because a man carries diseases and is going to impregnate them. That's how they thought. And I'm like, all right, whatever, cool. I'm with it. I'm, I get to hang out with a bunch of you know good-looking women, and it's cool. But where I'm going with it is identity. What happens? Each person that did not happily live in their shell later on in life either had to settle for something that they were not and wound up in a less happier situation as opposed to the people that said no from from the get this is me this is who i am this is what i'm living love me or leave me but i'm gonna keep on rocking so that's the whole point of what i want to establish with regards to this podcast to all my friends out there if you ever had a gay experience and you feel um a little confused and think that you are gay or not gay guess what let that be in the past Move forward, rock your life, be who you are, stand in your shell, live in your presence happily. We're all a little gay, though. We are. We, we are. are. I, I'll, I'll jump at a spider. Don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you understand? I hold my sneeze in. I might sound like a chihuahua. You know what I'm saying? So, but Some of the gay people that I know have impeccable style. And they got finances like nobody's business. That's so right. I like for me, it, there's no real wrong thing about. Like if you think if you take away the sexuality part about it, and you look and th yeah, it's a stereotype. But if you if we look at the good and we say you know there's people out there that are actually doing things despite all these things that were against them, it's like that's something to look up to. So a heterosexual man can dress well. Is that all? Is that, is that first that off? I never be? said that. Well, I no, said I, I, that's I why Roman got it. That's why well, Roman by the looks of this room, no. But um, other than that, a man can't dress well. 
Roman dresses very nicely. That's why his his son's uh, friends were yeah, that's questioning. Much it. Like I, after my son said that, I'm gonna be real. I, I would go to the school and look at the dudes. And I'm he like, wore a black hoodie. No, not at all. <laughs> Kids are like that, but then you don't know what the fathers are saying at home. They wish they could dress like that. They wish they could put things together. They wish that they could I actually could dress like look that. good and and put those. Clothes. Some people wear clothes like that and it don't look right. But some people can pull it off and do well. And then it's it's what you deal with when you're different. And to get at what you were saying, things that we lack in life, defend it, defining what we're what we seek in the future. Let me tell you something. My father was not at all affectionate with me. I am super affectionate with my son to the point that even I question myself: Am I being overly affectionate? <laughs> because growing up, I would always hear "No te abrazando mucho al niño que lo vas a hacer maricón" real quick like that, and I'd be like, "Really? Hugs do that?" Me as a kid thinking that, right? But I love my son, and and what's crazy is at his age, he'll still reach out for my hand to hold it, and it warms my heart up, my heart. It warms my heart that he does that, but I let go of it. And I let go of it, and it's not because of the fear of the bond or the affection. I let go of it because, you know what, he is 13, and he needs to learn to feel a lot more confident without holding daddy's hand. Daddy's right next to you. At this point right now, I need you to stand firm like a man, knowing that, yes, you can hold my hand if you're afraid, but Papito, you're... you're and I've told him this, Papito, you, you don't have to hold my hand anymore. You're good. You're not going to run across the street. No one's going to steal you. No one's going to... That's the only reason I would hold your hand before. Your attention would drive you to dangerous things. But right now, at your age, you're going to have to just trust your attention, and I'm just going to have to trust the man I'm raising. And you're preparing him for life. At first, I wanted to be like, what? What's wrong with you? How? That's so cold. But then in my other, in the other part of me is like, you know what? Nobody's guaranteed life. And if you create like these boundaries and these things where it's almost always okay to, to continue babying kids, then I get that. And then part of me is like, I understand. I, I don't have any kids. But I'm like saying, you know what? One day I'm not going to be here and you're going to have to do this on your own. That's I think that's point. what raising yeah, kids is all yeah, about. Is. Maybe. I've always said millennials is bitches because they ain't <laughs> have Mr. T. i do think that in all of this you know we want to be inclusive but in our own identity sometimes we end up segregating Mm. i just want to thank everybody for being part of this discussion i think it's a very important one one that i think we can continue later on um and i'd love to have more guests you know, on this topic, because I think there's so much more to be said and so much more to be. Yeah, learned. we just scratched the surface. Yeah. I know. And you know what? I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Sparkcast. This was episode four. And uh, this was LGBTQ and I A and I and B and C square <laughs> and all and all the other, <laughs> you know, ad- adenendums <laughs> to come along. That's why there's a plus at the end of it. And now. Plus. Now I know. So. I want to invite, I want to invoke, I want to provoke, I want to inspire, okay? Please email email us at thesparkcastpodcast at gmail.com and let us know how you feel, what you're thinking, what's on your mind, and what you would like for us to speak on. Thanks, everybody, very much. Yeah. Thank you. Have a happy and safe summer. <laughs>